0: our lives Lord that maybe need to change show us things in our lives Lord that wouldn't please you But Lord also encourage us and lift us up and the ones that do Lord meet every single need in this room I pray today if salvation's needed i pray today Lord you'd save that soul that's near as hell this morning Lord where restoration's needed I pray you'd restore that heart afresh and anew unto you Lord where revival's needed and I pray Lord, I certainly need it, that you'd start this very morning in every individual heart and life, meet their needs as only you can, in the name of the name that's above every name we pray, in Jesus Christ's name we pray, amen. Well, Philip Johnson, may be seated, he's a good friend of mine, I can call him now Pastor Philip Johnson, amen, and uh, uh, just voted in last Sunday, 100%. Uh, to be the pastor at Tabernacle Baptist Church in Salisbury, North Carolina. You say, "How did you get to know Brother Philip?" Well, I met his father first, who's the pastor of Open Door Baptist in Christiansburg, Virginia, and and uh, knew him just a little bit. We we're not we don't know each other super well, but then had the privilege of then uh, Brother Philip decided, I guess, uh, to come on to Calvary and came to Calvary Baptist Bible College and uh, and uh, graduated from there. I had the privilege, of, and he had the the privilege of having to sit under me and uh, and I uh, got to teaching some and just a bright, bright young man, loves the Lord, I love I love him, I love I love everything I've got to know about him, I believe he'll be a challenge to our hearts to get us kicked off the right way, we got him just in time because if this had been a month later, he's going to be full time in his church so that the Lord's given him to pastor and we wouldn't have been able to get him so it's my privilege to, to welcome and introduce to you Brother Philip Johnson, come preach to our hearts this morning brother.
1: I'll make you feel welcome this morning Thank you, pastor. He found out we have <laughs> amen you glad you saved say amen and uh, I it is a certainly a privilege to be here this morning and uh, I appreciate your pastor and uh, like he was saying that uh, I had the privilege to go to Calvary Baptist Bible College where he taught several classes there and is still teaching there and taught uh, Pentateuch and biblical counseling and different classes like that and um, one thing I knew about him first off the bat is that he loved the Lord and uh, if you got a good pastor say amen and we certainly appreciate him uh, this morning if you uh, have your Bible why don't you just hold it up this morning are you thankful for your Bible say amen and uh, you take your Bible this morning turn to John chapter number 5. John chapter number 5, I'm thankful to have my family come with me this morning. Uh, if you didn't get the opportunity to meet them, that is my wife Kirsten. Uh, Natalie, she's 4, then Eli, he will be getting ready to turn 2, and then Austin is somewhere in the building at Children's Church. He's not shy at all. And uh, But anyway, John chapter number 5, John chapter number 5. If you would stand as we read the Word of God, John chapter number 5. <clears throat> The Bible says this After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, halt, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool. And troubled the water, whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. And a certain man was there which had an infirmity thirty and eight years. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith unto him, Wilt thou be made whole? The impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool But while I am coming, another steppeth down before me. Jesus saith unto him, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made whole, and took up his bed, and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Lord, we love you today. Uh, Lord, we're thankful, God, for the Victory Way Baptist Church, God, here in Hillsville. And Lord, God, I ask, Lord, that you would just, uh, Lord, meet with us this morning. God, we're thankful, Lord, that the songs that we were able to sing, Lord, we're thankful, God, for the opportunity, God, just to come to church this morning. Well, Lord, we know that all around the world, Lord, there are people that would love just to get up and go to a place of worship, God, and we're blessed this morning. And Lord, we could go to the house right now and say it's been good to be in your house. And Lord, I ask God, as Lord, as we just try to expound on the Scripture just for a couple moments, Lord, that you would just stir our hearts. Lord, I ask God that you would change us. Lord, empty me of myself. And Lord, that when we leave this place today, God, we'll leave differently. Lord, we'll be doers, not just hearers of the Word. We love You. we'll be careful to give You all the praise, all the honor, and all the glory. In Your name we pray. Amen. Uh, You can be seated. We find in our text this morning that uh, we know that the Bible says that there's the sheep market pool where Jesus is making His way up to the feast, and He finds Himself coming by this pool. Uh, I do believe that it is not coincidence that He goes by this pool, and He finds this man... And he begins to converse with this man. He begins to talk with this man. And he asks him a question. Uh, if you look in your Bible, he says in the end of verse number 6, he asks them, Wilt thou be made whole? Uh, or if I could say it in today's vernacular or in today's language, he asks them this, Do you want to be better? Uh, I want to preach to you this morning on that phrase, Do you want to be better i can't i was thinking i was praying asking the lord what he'd have us to preach at, at the beginning of this revival and uh man that that ought to be what our desire is man is lord to revive us lord help us to be better man we want to be revived we want to hear from the lord we want to something and something to go and listen i hope that your desire this morning is man we don't want just another week to go by but man we want the lord to come in we want to be changed we want to be different man we want to be better do uh, we want to be better? Number one, I want you to notice this morning that we see in our text, we see a suffering society. The Bible says in verse number three, in these, talking about these pools or these porches, lay not just a multitude, but a great multitude of impotent folk. If you study that word impotent, it, it, it means to uh, be weak. It means to be feeble. We, we find here uh, that these people were weak. They were feeble. They were without strength. The Bible tells us they were powerless, they were diseased, they were sick people. In other words, these were people in our text that had issues. Uh, These people in our Bible, they had problems. Uh, Life wasn't so grand for them. They they had certain situations that they were dealing with. And, And listen, can I just remind you this morning that, by the way, we have people all around the world that have problems. There's people all around the world that have issues. All across the Commonwealth of Virginia. If we did a survey, you would find that there are people that have issues. But, but what if we just narrowed it down a little bit this morning and not just in the Commonwealth of Virginia, but what if we said in, I believe we're in Carroll County. Is that right? Is that where we're at? What if, what if uh, we did a survey in Carroll County? You would find that there's people that have problems and people that have issues. But, but what if we narrowed it down just a little bit more uh, into this, the, the Hillsville, Virginia? you would find that there would be people that have problems, that have issues, that have things going on in their life. But what if we just narrowed it a little bit smaller at Victory Way Baptist Church? I promise you, you would find sitting within these pews that there are people that have issues. There are people that have problems. There are people that are struggling. Uh, man, for some people, it was all that they could do to come in these doors and just come to church this morning. You say, preacher, how do you know that? Because Job said this, to be born of a woman is few days and to be full of trouble. Uh, well, there are people that have, what we see in our text, the suffering society, people that have issues. According to the National Survey on Drug Use and Health, 19.7 million American adults aged 12 and older battle, battle a substance abuse disorder in 2017. Uh, 42 to 45 percent of first marriages end in divorce. 60 percent of second marriages end in divorce. 73 of third marriages end in divorce. Suicide is the tenth leading cause of death in the United States. Uh, I was telling my wife I work in a funeral home back home. And uh, man, I have dealt with just this week, just this week, I have dealt with three suicides. Uh, they were not older people. These were 20-year-olds. Uh, man, I don't understand how life could be so bad that a 20-year-old would take his own life. You say, preacher, why is that? Because we live in a day and age where sin has taken its toll on society and people have issues. Uh, these people were weak in our text. Uh, in 2017, 47,173 Americans died by suicide. In 2017, there were estimated 1 or 400,000 suicide attempts. Uh, you may be here today, and listen, you may say, well, well, preacher, I, I, I may not be crippled, I may not be deaf, or I may not be blind, but uh, listen, you may have some issues that are going on in your life, you may have lost a loved one, you may be struggling, I, I don't know, listen, you may be struggling in your marriage, you may be battling a substance abuse, I don't know, you may have a child that's gone astray, I don't know, but can we all agree that, listen, uh, when saved people, not when you get saved, life's not perfect, uh, life's not rainbow and unicorns, but listen, saved people have problems. We're going to have issues. Uh, Listen, you ought to be weary uh, when you hear a preacher say, listen, when you get saved, life is going to be grand. I can promise you, when you get saved and decide to serve the Lord, listen, the radar of hell will be on you and Satan wants to take you out. Did you know that Satan's going to do everything in his power to keep you from coming to church tonight? He's going to do everything he can to keep you from coming to revival the rest of this week. I promise you. Uh, man, I was thinking just this morning, this may just be my family, I don't know. But it seems like on Sunday morning when we wake up, I try to get my family, we try to get ready. Man, it feels like the phone rings, it feels like the kids are running around, it feels like, man, it is so chaotic. Uh, you know what it is? I believe it's the devil trying to keep us from going to church. But we find in our text we see a suffering society. Uh, you may be struggling with, with a sin uh, that's deep in your heart. Uh, you say, "Well, uh, man, the the preacher don't know about it, or mom and dad don't know." Listen, nobody knows about it. But can I just remind you? There is one person that does know about it. Proverbs says, "The eyes of the Lord are in every place, beholding the evil and the good." And you may not be able to hide it from the preacher or hide it from the church, but listen to me. There's a God in heaven who knows about it, and you may be struggling with that this morning. Uh, you you try to some sort of drug. You can't find help. You've tried, uh, find help in your marriage. You've tried, find help in, uh, man, music and you can't find it. You've tried, uh, help in some sort of philosophy and you can't find it. But listen, you know what David said? He said, I look to the hills from which cometh my help. Listen, I know the man that can help you this morning. And we find in our text that a man named Jesus, he can help you this morning. Uh, We find that these people, it was a suffering society. These people were weak, but not only were they weak, these people were waiting. Uh, Look at verse number 3 again. It says, In these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, of blind, hot, withered. But then we see that word waiting. Uh, They they were waiting for something. Uh, These people were waiting. They were anticipating for all of their life's problems to go away. They were waiting for hope. They were waiting for change. Uh, But you know, as we find in our text list, and I'll be honest with you, I don't know all the details about how all this happened. I just know what the Bible tells me and at some sort of an appointed time there would be an angel that would come down. He would trouble the water and according to my Bible it says the first person who got in the water will be healed. I don't know all the details. I don't know what time. I don't know any of that stuff. But there were people, it says not just a multitude, a great multitude, not only were they impotent, were they weak, but they were waiting. They were waiting for this angel to come down to take away all their problems. To take away all their issues. Uh, you know, I think of the Gospel. What is the Gospel? The Gospel is the death, the burial, the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Man, it's good news, isn't it, church? Uh, if you think about the day that you called upon the name of the Lord and got saved, man, you were delivered from hell and now you can have a relationship with Him. It's good news. But you know the Gospel is only good news if it gets to you in time. I uh, think about our text. You, you think with me, man. As, as man, maybe a uh, little dad had little Johnny, his little boy, at this pool, and uh, man, the the dad would be the one to try to drag him into the water. And uh, but man, they had to get there first, and probably day in and day out, they were waiting for that angel to come. And uh, man, there will probably be a time where the dad had to go back and, and maybe get some food. And he say, Stay here, Johnny, let me go get us some food. It's lunchtime. But man, while the dad was gone, man, the angel came and look, Johnny couldn't get to the pool in time. Man, what he was waiting. He was waiting for something to happen. Uh, listen, can I just be honest with you? There's people in Hillsville, Virginia that are waiting. They're waiting for somebody to knock on their door and say something along the lines of, I'm so-and-so from Victory Way Baptist Church. I just want to invite you out and tell you about a man named Jesus. You don't believe me, I promise you, there are people in these streets that have never heard a clear presentation of the Gospel. Oh, we get so calloused in our in the Bible belt of where we live that we think everybody's a Christian. And by the way, most people tell you that they are. But they've never heard a clear presentation. There are people that are waiting we find in our text that there were people that were waiting uh, for their life problems to go away. Uh, I think of the story, this boy named Christopher Sears was playing basketball with his friends on May 16th of 1998 when he was shot in the chest. A bullet uh, perforated his aorta artery. His friends helped him to get within 40 feet of the entrance to Ravenswood Hospital and then went inside to ask for help. The hospital staff refused to help Christopher, saying that it was against the hospital's policies to administer aid of those outside of the hospital. Eventually, a policeman was able to get a wheelchair and wheeled Christopher into the hospital where he was helped by hospital staff, but unfortunately it was too late. Christopher died about an hour later. Uh, many times it seems that churches are surrounded uh, by people who are desperately need to hear the Gospels, yet we're just so content just to share it within our own walls. Within... Man, I was thinking about the sign that I read that said outside these walls. Listen, there's people that are waiting that have issues, that are suffering, and they're waiting for somebody to come tell them about Jesus. These people were waiting. Not only do we see a suffering society, but we see a special situation. Look at verse number 4. The Bible says this, For an angel went down at a certain season into the pool and troubled uh, the water. Whosoever then first after the troubling of the water stepped in was made whole of whatsoever disease he had. Uh, How many many people do you know that are just waiting for some sort of special situation to take place in their life that's going to take care of all the problems? You think about it. Man, mom and dad, when I graduate high school, Man, life's gonna be good. Man, when I get my license, I can just do whatever I want to. Uh, man, I don't have to worry about you driving me back and forth. Uh, man, life's gonna be good then, isn't it? Oh, um, I graduate college, I'll, I'll get that degree, and I'll get that job, I'll make that money, man, then all my life problems are gonna go away. I have a coworker that I cut, co- man, this guy plays the lottery like unreal. You open his car, and I'm not exaggerating, I know preachers exaggerate, but listen, you open his car door and lottery tickets will literally fall out. He is waiting for a special situation to take care of all his life problems. He's just waiting. Uh, you, 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 man, you, you, people graduate college, or man, when I get married and have kids, then my problems will go away. I get that job promotion, then my problems will go away. Or man, when I get to retire, listen, none of these can fix your problems. None of none of this can fix your problems. But listen, I know a man that can. Uh the Bible says in first Peter, he says, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. First John four four, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. Romans eight thirty one, if God be for us, who can be against us? Listen, we need to quit waiting for the stars to align to get rid of our problems. And we need to quit waiting for a special circumstance to happen before uh, our problems go away. Listen, if you keep waiting for this special situation, you'll realize that you spent half your life at the pool of Bethesda waiting for an angel to come down to realize that it's too late. We need to quit waiting for a special situation to come. Listen, there's never going to be a good time to fix your marriage. There's never going to be a perfect time to come to church. There's never going to be the, the the most best time to raise your kids in a godly church in a godly home. But you know what we need? We need some people. We need some men and women of God to say, you know what? I know life is tough. Yes, i got problems. And I understand it's not going to be the perfect time to do this or to do that. But you know what? We need some people to draw their foot and their line in the sand and say like Joshua did, but as for me and my house, I'm going to serve the Lord. Uh, this special situation... You know, I think of how many people waited at this pool. The Bible says not just a multitude, but it says a great multitude. And Pastor Wells, I begin to think, you know, eventually this angel had to stop coming. Last time I checked, I didn't turn on Fox News and hear about an angel come down in the Middle East and stir up some water and healing people, did y'all? So eventually that tells me that there was a point in time that this angel stopped coming. But you think with me of how many people Waited at that pool for an angel to come back that never came, waiting for that special situation to take care of their problems. Number three, we see this morning a specific soul. The Bible says in verse number five, and a not just a man, a certain man was there, which had an infirmity thirty and in eight years. As we look at this man, we know a couple things. Number one, he was a disabled man. The Bible says that he had an infirmity. Uh, this man uh, had an infirmity, and according to the context, he was more likely crippled or unable to walk. And according to our Bible, this man had lived with this infirmity for 38 years. Do you realize with me this morning that this man was sick? He had an infirmity longer than Jesus had been walking on the earth for 38 years. Thirty-eight years. And I know we read our Bible sometime and man we just skim over it, don't we? But you think with me, thirty-eight years. I ain't even thirty-eight years old. That's that's a long time to be sick. That's a long time to, to have a problem. That's a long time to have this issue. Uh can I just stop and say this? Listen, if you're here this morning, you're blessed. If you got up this morning, you're blessed. Uh, everybody do this with me, ready? Right? We're blessed. God just gave you permission to breathe His air. God just caused your heartbeat to beat one more time. God gave you the ability to get in a car. More likely than you probably was able to turn on the heat this morning, somebody say amen, and come to church this morning. We get to sit on a padded pew. We get to sit in a lighted building. We get to come to a church that has air conditioning. Listen, we get to sing uh, the songs about our Lord and Savior without fear of the government coming in. Listen, I'm trying to help you this morning and get you to realize, listen, that if you're here, you're blessed. Uh, this man had been sick for 38 years. He lost the functions of his bodily limbs. Uh, listen, we don't have to go very far to realize that we're blessed. I, but Pastor Wells, I, I've never realized, and it's my generation, But I've never seen such an entitled generation that we live. Uh, Man, you look around it. Man, they want free college, they want free health care, they want free housing. They want seventeen dollar an hour minimum wage. They want this. They want that. You listen. I'm not here trying to preach politics to you. I'm just preaching. We're living in a day, in an age where those have forgotten their benefits. They've forgotten their blessings. They've forgotten how hard mom and daddy worked. And listen, we're living in an entitled generation, and we've forgotten to realize how much we've been blessed. This was a specific soul. We see that he was a disabled man, had an infirmity, but he was also a desperate man. Look at the text again. The Bible says, and a certain man was there. Where was he at? He was at this pool. He was there trying to get better. What's that tell me? That tells me he was there for a reason. Why? Because he's desperate. This was a place of desperate people. Listen, that's what the church house ought to be. It ought to be a place for desperate people. When they come in here, they get revived. They get help. They can hear the good news. Desperate people. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm desperate this morning. I I, I, Listen, I want God to do something in my life. I Listen, I don't want to just be a stagnant Christian. No, I want God to do something. I want Him to change me. I want Him to work in me. Listen, I only get to make an impact in this life just a small little dent. We're only here for a moment. The Bible says your life is but a vapor, then vanisheth away. This man was desperate. The very fact that he is here at this pool in his condition is proof positive that this man is desperate for healing. Could you imagine as that angel would come down, as he would try to drag himself and try to do everything he could just to get to that pool, but day in and day out it was too late. Because the Bible says that he told Jesus another step down before him. He was desperate. You know, sadly, there are too few sinners who who are desperate about their spiritual condition. Many, many live their lives as if they will go on indefinitely. You know, Isaiah said that our righteousness is as filthy rags. I, I'm not here to beat nobody up, but listen, there ain't nothing good about me and there's nothing good about you. Uh, listen, the only thing that ever will be good of us is what Jesus Christ has done in our heart and done in our life. Uh, This man, was he was a desperate man. And listen, when we realize how desperate we are, we realize how deserving God is. A specific soul. Number four, I'm moving quickly. Then we see a supernatural Savior. Look at verse number six. The Bible says this. Uh, Can I get you all to participate with me this morning? Uh, You know... Pastor Wells talked about going to Calvary Baptist Bible College. Listen, I, I'm just a redneck from Christiansburg. I don't know a lot. Uh, I told the English teacher, Miss Cook, at Calvary. I said, listen, you need to treat me like I'm a three-year-old because English is not my strong point. But if there's anything that Miss Cook at Calvary taught me, she taught me what a verb is. And as we look at verse number six, I want you, if you know what a verb is, I want you to say them with me. When Jesus saw him lie and knew that he had been now a long time in that case, he saith. He saw, he knew, and he saith. Jesus saw everyone, but the Bible says he specifically saw this man. Can I just remind you this morning that God sees where you're at this morning? He sees you. You may... Get to the point in your life that you don't really think that anybody cares and, uh, man, the people may not call you. The, the pastor may be so busy and sometimes he forgets to call you. But listen, can I remind you that Jesus sees you? He sees right where you are this morning. Yes, he saw everybody at this pool, but the Bible says that he saw this man specifically. You may be here. There may be people working in the nursery. There may be people here that mows the grass outside. There may be people here that does the children's church. Listen, I know a revival takes a lot of moving parts. It takes a lot of people working behind the scenes. And you may get the old pooch mouth like a lot of Christians do. Well, don't nobody uh, put my hand on the back and tell me that I'm doing a good job. Nobody cares about what I'm doing. Oh, man, what I do never gets recognized. Listen. Listen, Jesus sees what you're doing. And God keeps the record. Listen, you, you may mow the grass and you may keep the nursery. You may work children's nursery. I don't know. I know it takes a lot of people to do things. I understand that. But listen, we ought not do it for the approval of people. We ought not do it for the approval of the pastor. But we ought to say thanks to the Lord. I may not be the best thing. I may not be the greatest thing. But praise God, I get to serve God and do a little bit. And God keeps the record. The Bible says that he saw this man in the condition that he was in. He saw him. Listen, I don't know about you, but I'm glad the Lord sees. The Bible speaks of his eyes as as the flames. Listen, he can see right through us. He can see what goes on behind the scenes. Listen, and uh, I I truly believe this. I believe the, the preacher and the pastor will get a crown in heaven, but I believe the nursery worker will get a crown in heaven. I believe the person who most I believe the person that puts the slides together. I believe the person who sings in the choir. I believe the person that leads the music. I believe the people that take up the offering. Listen, they may work behind the scenes, but listen, I believe there's a day coming when those rewards will be revealed out in the open. And listen, God sees where you're at this morning. But we also see this. Jesus knew. Jesus knew. Verse number six, when Jesus saw him lie, he knew. I don't know what you're going through this morning. But not only does Jesus see, He knows. He knows where you're at. He knows the difficulty. I just spoke with a mom, like I was mentioned earlier, whose son took a shotgun and pulled a trigger on himself. I set out and was just dealing with the mom, just trying to comfort her and help her. Listen, the Lord knows where you're at this morning. I don't know what everybody's going through. I don't know the issues. And to be honest with you, it ain't none of my business. But I know a Savior who knows right where you're at this morning. Uh, He knows about maybe the loved one that you just lost. He knows about the sickness that you're dealing with. He knows about the depression you face every day. He knows it could have taken everything you did to get out of your bed to come to church this morning. He knows the wives that come to church without their husbands. He knows the husbands that come to church without their wives. He knows those who are children who have gone astray. Listen, He knows this morning. He knows about the overbill of the overdue bills that are coming through. But not only do we know that Jesus saw and Jesus knew, but then we see Jesus saith. And he asks a question. And I want you to think with me for a moment. He comes up to a man who's sick. The Bible says he's got an infirmity. More likely can't walk for 38 years. And he comes up to him. And ask them, "Wilt thou be made whole?" That that shocks me, and here's why. How many ever been sick before? And y'all just a little spiritual. Uh, li- listen, I don't know about you, but I hate getting sick. I'm a baby. Listen, my wife gets sick. Man, she still runs the family. She's she's still got it going on. She's tough. But when I get sick, I'm just a coward, laid up in the bed. I can't move. Uh, I'm just a big baby. But you know, I think about when Jesus asked that question: "Wilt thou be made whole, or do you want to be better?" It's like my wife coming in when I'm sick. Hey, honey, do you want to be better today? Well, yeah, I want to be better. I don't want to be here. I don't want to. Of course, I want to be better. Why does Jesus ask this question? He's asking a man who's been sick for 38 years: "Wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be better?" But I believe. That Jesus doesn't say things in vain. I believe that He is dealing with a deeper issue here. He asked him, wilt thou be made whole? Do you want to be better? And I want you to notice number five, we see a swift salutation. Verse number seven, the impotent man answered him, Sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool, but while I am coming... Another steppeth down before me. You know what he does not say? First he says, Sir. He doesn't realize who he's dealing with. He doesn't say, Lord. He doesn't say, Master or Teacher. He says, Sir. But you know what he also says? What he does not say is, Yes, I want to be better. He comes up with an excuse. When Jesus says, "Wilt thou be made whole? Or do you want to be better? He, says, he responds... Sir, I have no man. He does exactly what stagnant Christians do. Do you want to go to the next level of Christianity? Do you want to be closer with me? Do you want to walk with me? Do you want to have fellowship with me? Man, do you want to stick out above everybody else? What do we do as Baptists? Come up with an excuse. There's opportunities to serve at Victory Way Baptist Church. Do you want to do this? Do you want to do that? Man, we we have doors that need to be knocked on. We have carpet that needs to be cleaned. Listen, we have things to do. Do Do you want to be better? What we do is we come up with an excuse, don't we? Do you want to be better? Do you want to be closer? He says, sir, I have no man. I, 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 me, me, me. He talks about himself uh, when he comes up with an excuse. He says, I ain't got nobody. If we use our southern slang. I ain't got nobody. You know that's exactly what the devil will do. He will come up to you and he will isolate you. And he'll say, Mr. and Mrs. so-and-so, you're the only one that's ever faced this problem. Ain't nobody else ever faced this problem. You're all he'll say the pastor don't care about you, the church members don't care about you, the Sunday school teacher don't care about you, you're all alone, you ain't got nobody. That's what he told Jesus. He said, Sir, I ain't got nobody. That's what the devil will do with you this morning. He will isolate you and make you feel like you're all alone. He wants you to think that you're the only one going through this problem. And then he says, Another steppeth down before me. So not only does he say, I ain't got, then he blames it on somebody else. Uh. He says, listen, sir, I don't have anybody, but by the way, somebody else steps. Listen, he blames somebody else. He blames another person stepping. And listen, God is asking you, do you want to be better? Do you want to be whole? Do you want to be close with me? It's time that we stop giving Him excuses. It's time that we say it's not about me. It's time to stop blaming everybody else. Stop blaming your past. Stop blaming everybody who wronged you and say, Lord, I want to be better. You know, but I, I don't know how it is up here. But man, I will knock on doors sometime, sir. My name is Philip with Door Baptist Church. Just want to invite you out to our church this Sunday. We may have a big day or something. We're trying to invite them here, and they'll say something like, "Well, so and so sit on my pew the last time I was there, so I'm not returning to that church." There's a bunch of hypocrites at that. I, I know what goes on there. There's a bunch of hypocrites down at that church. Y'all ever get something like that? Since when did we let people who do not serve God dictate how we serve God? Since when did we let those people tell us how to serve God? But what do we do? We blame it on somebody else. Well, there's a bunch of hypocrites there. I'm not going. I appreciate my wife. I appreciate my kids, but I do not go to church for them. I do not go to church for anybody in that church. I go to church because I need church. I get tired of being out in the world Monday through Friday and I need to come around with some people of some like faith. I need to hear the preaching of the Word of God. I need to shake somebody's hand and let them tell me, hey, I'm praying for you. I mean, in... Listen, I go to church because of me, but I do not let them dictate why I come to church because I don't go to church for them. I go to church for me. I need it. You know what Paul said in Acts 20? He says, And now, behold, I go bound in the Spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth every city, saying that bonds and afflictions abide me. But none of these things move me, neither I count my life dear unto myself, so that I might finish my course with joy, and the ministry which I have received, the Lord Jesus, to testify the gospel of grace. He told the Corinthian church, He said, we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. We see verse number 8. We see a significant statement. First thing Jesus says in verse number 8. Jesus saith unto him, rise. You know what the first thing that the prodigal son did? He had to rise. He had to get up. He sat there. He thought about it. And we have a lot of people who will sit there and think about it, but they'll never rise. They'll never put action to their thought. They'll never get up. But Jesus said, rise. Take up thy bed and walk. We got too many people still sitting in the pig pen saying, one day I'll serve God. One day. No. Why not today? So you know what? Today I'm going to get up. Today I'm going to rise. Today I'm going to serve God. I got so many young people that say, man, when I'm older, I'll serve No listen serve God today I hear this statement and I've made it before oh man the young people that's the next generation of the church and it's true but can I just tell you this that they might they're not necessarily the next generation they're the church now they're here now don't wait serve God now by the way if you're older in here God has put breath in your lungs you still have a purpose God still has a plan serve God now this significant statement we got too many people say one day. But you know, we need some people. Listen, Victory Way Baptist Church needs some people that will stand up and rise up. And so today, I'm going to be better. Today, I'm going to be... Listen, the very one who spoke the world into existence commanded him to rise. The very one who put the stars in the sky commanded him to rise. He told a man who did not have the ability to walk, to walk. You say, what's the big deal? Listen, Jesus made a promise and my God who's ever made a promise has never broken a promise. I don't know about you, but we sing a song, standing on the promises. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or why? Because we get to stand on the infallible, inerrant Word of God that is full of promises. And Jesus told this man, stand, rise. And what does the Bible tell us that He was able to do so? We have a Bible that's full of promises. Philippians 4.19 But my God shall supply all your needs according to His riches and glory. Romans 8.28 And we know that all things work together for good uh, for them that love God to them that are called according to His purpose. That's a promise. John 15 If ye abide in me and my words abide in you ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. That's a promise. John 3.16 For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. That's a promise. Proverbs 8 I love that love me and those that seek me early shall find me that's a promise in my father's house are many mansions if it were not so I would have told you I go to prepare a place for you and if I go and prepare a place for you I will come again what is that it's a promise my God's never written a check that he cannot cash my desire in my own life man I want to be a better preacher I want to be a better father I want to be a better husband I want to be a better Christian I want to be better but the last thing I say about this verse, in verse number eight, he makes a statement. He says, take up thy bed and walk. Verse number eight, Jesus, Jesus saith unto him, rise, take up thy bed and walk. I used to wonder, why did he tell him to do that? Why do you need to pick up your bed and go? Because he ain't coming back. There's no, you don't need to come back here. This place is not for you. Rise, take up your bed, and go. You ain't coming back here no more. We got too many people that the Lord's delivered you from things, but you keep going back to it. You keep dwelling in the past. You can't, man, this, you'll say something like this. This is just who I am. This, no. The Bible says, listen, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. All things become new. Listen, quit going back to the same junk you used to. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. You ain't coming back here. C.E. McCartney said this, between an airplane and every other form of locomotion and transportation, there is one great contrast. The horse and wagon, the automobile, the bicycle, the locomotive, the speedboat, and the great battleship. All can come to a standstill without danger. And they all reserve uh, their engines or their power and are able to go back. But there is no reverse about the engine of an airplane. It cannot back up. It dare not stand still. If it loses its momentum and forward drives, then it crashes. The only safety for the airplane is in its forward and upward motion. The only direction for a Christian to take is forward and upward. We cannot go back. Jesus said, take up your bed and walk. Lastly, I'm closing. We see number seven, the sudden strengthening. Look at verse number nine. The Bible says, And immediately the man was made whole and took up his bed and walked. And on the same day was the Sabbath. Ain't you glad when Jesus tells you something you don't have to wait for it? If I understand correctly, that word immediately means now. Right then. I told this story to our other church. I remember uh, we had, Gethsemane Baptist Church had what they call a transformed youth rally. And they had great preachers come in and preach. And um, I remember, as I, I had to work that day, so I was not able to attend, but I remember watching on my phone as they live streamed the services, I remember this boy who would get up. Man, I mean, the Holy Spirit was there. Y'all have been in some of them services. Man, God was just there. He was just, man, He was doing stuff. People was at the altar getting right. Uh, man, they were singing about the Lord. Man, He was just there. But I remember this young boy, he would get up and he would run. He, he would literally, he would run down and he'd do something like this. And then he'd run back and he'd sit down. And to be honest with you, i got a critical spirit. I said, what, what, what is this? You know, sometimes we don't even want to raise our hand when we sing about the Lord. I hope the Lord does not put your mansion inside of mine because listen, I'll be honest with you, when we get up and worship Jesus, I'm going to open up my window and say, I told you so! But this boy would run and I got to spirit but i remember as the preacher called on him to te- make testify and i don't remember all the details to be 100 percent. but he said something like this something about I, I don't know if he was born this way or if he got in an accident but he said where well, he lost the use of his le- of his legs and he remembered praying to god he said god if you ever give me the ability to use my legs again i will praise you with my legs and as he began to run down back and forth up the altar, that's what he was doing. He was thanking God for the ability to use his legs. Jesus tells this man, Rise, take up thy bed, and walk. And immediately, I don't know exactly what happened, but could you imagine as this man, as he, Jesus says, Rise, take up thy bed. And I mean, 38 years, y'all, that's a long time. As he, puts his foot down and, and straightens out that leg. He's now 38 years. And he begins to use the his legs and man, as he begins to remember what it was like to walk and man, as he begins to walk down the streets of Jerusalem, couldn't you just hear everybody, ain't that that man that was at the pool of Bethesda? Ain't that that old guy who's been laying there for 38 years and Maybe he starts to run and man, maybe he starts to skip a little bit. Man, he's so happy. And people in the streets saying, man, isn't that that guy at the pool? Isn't the guy who was crippled? And they'd say, hey, oh, impotent man. Hey, oh, crippled man. What happened? I met a man named Jesus. I come face to face with a man named Jesus. Let me tell you what he done for me. You know what Victory Way Baptist Church needs? We need some people that will go out on the streets. And when people say, hey, what happened to you? We can respond and say, I met a man named Jesus let me tell you what happened when I met a man named Jesus. There was a sudden strengthening. I remember as an 11-year-old boy, I was lost on my way to hell. Grew up in a preacher's home. I heard my dad preach the gospel 11 years. But I remember he had a guest preacher by the name of Reggie Sadler come up and preach. And I remember as the Lord, I was gripping the back pew as the Lord was convicting my heart about being saved I mean, it's almost y'all see those cartoons you got the devil on one side and the angel it was almost like that it's like I got to hear the devil saying what are these people going to think about you if you get saved you a preacher son you're supposed to already be saved but I could feel the Holy Spirit convicting in my heart that I was lost and if I died right there I'd split hell wide open but I remember as they gave the invitation I couldn't take it no more I couldn't take it no more I finally threw up the white flag and said, listen, I don't care about y'all. Hell's too hot to worry about what my daddy thinks. Hell's too hot to worry about what the preacher thinks. Hell's too hot to worry about what my friends think." And I went forward and on the right side of the church my, Lord, my uh, dad led me down the Romans Road and I got saved that day. You may say, preacher, I, I don't have the strength to be better. Listen, I don't know what you're going through. I don't know the issues that you face. Life may be dandy right now for you. Praise the Lord. But you know, one phone call could change that. But listen, you may say, "A preacher, I don't have the strength to be better." Of course, we don't. It's not about us. Jesus gave him the strength. I hope your desire this morning and for the rest of this revival is, is man, Lord, I want to be better. Lord, I want to be better. Isaiah forty one said, "Fear thou not." I'm gonna get the musicians if you'd come and just play something softly. Isaiah forty one ten said this: "Fear thou not." I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. Yea, I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. John Newton said, I'm not what I might be. I'm not what I ought to be. I'm not what I wish to be. I'm not what I hope to be, but thank God I'm not what I once was. And I can say, with, but the great apostle, by the grace of God, I am what I am. My question to you this morning, do you want to be better? Or are you just going to make an excuse? are you just going to give God the excuse? Lord, I didn't have the best family life. Or I got this going on. Excuse, excuse, excuse. Do you not think Jesus don't know all that already? I want you to bow your head and close your eyes this morning. The altar's open if you need to come. I I ask that you examine your heart. Examine your life this morning. God is asking you. There's things in your life. There could be certain things that He's asking you to give up. There's certain Maybe your walk is not where it should be. I don't know. But He's asking you this morning, do you want to be better? And my question for you, are you going to give Him an excuse? Or are you going to let Him help you to make you who you ought to be? John said this, I must decrease... He must increase. Is that your desire this morning? Is that your desire? As this revival continues tonight, Lord, as the preachers get up, as we go into the Word of God, Lord, would You show me things in my life? Would You stir my heart? Would You revive me that I can be better? You may be here this morning. You say, preacher, I heard about a man named Jesus. And I don't know all the details... But you may be here this morning. You've never called upon the name of Jesus and, and are saved. But you may be in here this morning and you know without a shadow of doubt that if something happened to you today, you know that you go to heaven. You're saved by the blood of Jesus. You know, if that's you this morning, if you know that you're saved, would you just raise your hand? And you say, Preacher, I know that I'm saved. I know without a shadow of doubt that I'm saved. You can put your hands down, hands down, hands up all over the house. But you may be in here this morning. You say preacher if I'm honest with myself and if I walk out these doors and God forbid I get in a car accident I don't know that I would go to heaven. The Bible says that we are not guaranteed tomorrow. The Bible says our life is but a vapor. It appears for a little time then vanisheth away. If that's you, you say preacher I don't know that I'm going to heaven but I, don't, I do not want to go to hell. Listen, I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm not going to call your name out. Uh, people won't know who you are. I just want to pray for you. You say preacher... I don't want to go to hell. I don't know if I'm going to... Would you just slip your hand up? I just want to pray for you. Preacher, would you just pray for me? I don't know that I'd go to heaven if something happened to me. I see that hand. Anybody else? Preacher, I don't know that I'm going to heaven. Would you just pray for me? God, we love you this morning. Lord, we're thankful, God, for the opportunity, Lord, to open up your Word. Lord, I ask, God, that you just be with those who are praying on the altar. Lord, I ask, God, that You would just deal with them accordingly, Lord. And, God, I'm thankful, uh, Lord, that, God, they responded. Lord, I ask, God, maybe those who didn't want to get out of their seat, but, Lord, are making decisions. Lord, I ask, God, that You would just help them this morning, give them what they need. And, Lord, I ask, God, that You would just be with the rest of Revival. Lord, I ask, God, that You just be with the men of God, Lord, who would be preaching. God, help them, give them what they need. Uh, Lord, I ask, God, that Victory Way Baptist Church would not be the same after this Revival. Lord, we love You. In Your name we pray. Amen. Pastor.